Hey everyone, this is Forrest Young. Welcome to Right in His Sight. This podcast is all about exploring the good news of God, His righteousness, and the grace of God, which the Bible calls the power of God. Really excited about today's episode. We're going to be exploring all about God's love and its true power in our lives. You know, I want to dive into experiencing what true love is and you know, how true love really changes us from the inside out. And I want to start simply with just what the Bible's definition of love is. You know, John does a great job at illustrating what love is and what its job is and really what happens to us when we receive the love of God. So in 1 John 4, chapters 9 and following, says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. It goes on in 16 to say, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. And in 17, It says, as we live in God, our love grows more and more perfect. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for the fear of punishment. And this shows us that we have truly not experienced his perfect love. Here's the definition. We love because he loved us first. Amen. See, the love that is shared over and over in this scripture in the Greek is the agape love of God, which in a sense means God's goodwill for us. So we have to take to heart that God has good intentions and has goodwill toward you and I. See, fear sets in when we understand the belief that, you know, God is not really for us, maybe because it's our sin, or maybe because we don't feel worthy enough because we're condemned, but we have to understand that God has our best in mind. See, when we, when we view God as someone who doesn't have goodwill toward us, fear takes over. But the moment that we receive the love of God, his goodwill, his good intentions, that fear is cast completely out of our lives. If we're, we're constantly under the obligation to save ourselves from the enemy, then fear will always have a hold of us. And we have every good reason to be afraid because we're not fully trusting in the love of God that casts out that fear because we don't fully again believe that, you know, God loves us to the degree that he says he does. But to truly know the love of God and to enter into that rest, knowing that he's got everything under control in your life is the only way that fear is cast out of your life. It's the only way to win. God is unchanging. His love has been there from the beginning and he will not go anywhere. He will not let you go. And there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Listen, his faithfulness to you, even if you're not faithful, is still present. Why? Because of his love for you. That assurance is all that you need to hold on to, that he is faithful to love you and he is faithful to, to always seek goodwill in your life. Listen, we give God more glory 
and show him more love when we trust in his word that he loves us more than anything. We give him more glory doing that than trying to love him with our own self-righteous acts. It's just as simple as this. Love comes from God. It's all about his love for us that the Holy Spirit fills our heart with to the point of overflow. It says in Romans 5.5 5, that for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. It's not about our love for God that transforms us to be better people. It's all about the Holy Spirit lavishing his love on us to fill us up to a point of overflow. So what does it look like to really have that Holy Spirit encounter to really fill us up with the love of God? We've established here that it's not about our love for God, but his love for us. So let's look at the characteristics of love and see how those characteristics are produced in our lives on a daily basis. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, explain the characteristics. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envy. It is not boast. It is not proud. Love doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong, and love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. See, when I read that, all I see is God. I see his glory, and I see his grace, and I see how much he actually loves his children, and he loves me. Sometimes we look at these characteristics of love, and we don't see them in our lives. So our first instinct is to try to manufacture them to make our lives look more loving, to make our actions correspond with with the word of God and to try to manufacture love out of our own self-effort. And that's what a lot of us have been taught to do. Just try to be the best to have these characteristics of love in our lives. But look, if we want to see the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control in our lives, we have to be rooted and grounded in the love of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love so that we can produce the fruit that comes only from being planted in the love of God. So look, this revelation I want to share with you is mind-blowing to me. Maybe you guys have heard this before, maybe not, but it really encouraged me to understand how the characteristics of love can be produced in my life by following a life of the Spirit. So I want to show you how the fruit of the Spirit produces actual characteristics of the love shown in 1 Corinthians 13. You know, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 starts with this, love is patient. And the fruit of the Spirit abiding in his love produces patience. Love is kind. The fruit of the Spirit abiding in his love produces kindness. You know, love does not envy, which is self-control, a fruit of the Spirit. Love is not easily angered, which can be related to peace and self-control. You know, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth that relates to the goodness and joy of the fruit of the Spirit. Love always protects. It always trusts 
always hopes and always perseveres. That is the faithfulness of the fruit of the Spirit. And of course, love itself is the first fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5.22. The love of God is given by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5.5, 5, and that love manifests itself. It's produced by the Spirit overflowing in your life with God's unconditional love. That love produces in us a love that overflows to others and to God. Like I said before, you know, we give more glory and honor to God when we accept his true word and have faith that he is good, that he loves us and he is for us and not against us. We give more glory to God doing that than we do trying to glorify God in our own self-righteousness, in our own self-striving to be good enough, to muster up enough love to look like 1 Corinthians 13, just doing it by ourselves. We give more glory to God and show that we love him by trusting in his word that says, be planted in me and you will produce the love, the characteristics of the love chapter. I want to close with these last two stories in the gospels because I really believe it's, it's important to understand two things. One, that you're fully forgiven and two, that there is now therefore no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Understanding those two truths is so important to receiving the love of God. Luke 7 talks about, you know, Jesus going to eat at a Pharisee's house and this woman, this immoral woman, hears that Jesus is going. So she follows him to the house and she sneaks in and, and she sits behind him and she starts to cry, and her, her tears start to run down Jesus' feet. And the Pharisees look, look at Jesus and say, if he, if he only knew who she was, he wouldn't be letting her touch him. She's a sinner. He said, listen, I got something to tell you. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them can repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. So Jesus asked the Pharisees this question. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? And so Simon answered him, I suppose that the one who he canceled the larger debt to. Jesus said, that's right. Listen, I tell you her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little, shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Look, the Pharisees labeled her as a sinner, but Jesus labeled her as forgiven. The second story where Jesus is with the woman who is caught in adultery, all the Jewish leaders are saying, look, this woman is caught in adultery. The law of Moses said that we need to stone her. So Jesus said, Okay, but there's only one condition. You who are without sin get to throw the first stone. So who is it? And one by one, all of them dropped their rocks and left. And Jesus was the only one standing in the middle. He was the only one that actually was allowed because he had no sin. He was the only one actually allowed to throw the stone. But the one that could stood up with the woman and said, woman, where are your accusers? Who is here to condemn you? And she said, nobody. And Jesus responded to her and said, 
neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The divine order of scripture is the most important part about it. We cannot reverse the divine order. A lot of people say, go and sin no more, and then you won't be condemned. But that is not the order of scripture. The order of scripture is this. You are now forgiven. Now you're able to love. You are now not condemned. Go and sin no more. See, we can only go and sin no more, and we can only go love more when we understand that we are fully forgiven in Christ and that there is no condemnation in our lives because we have been bought with a price. And that alone will produce in you a life of honoring the Father. See, so many people say that if we teach this message that you're fully forgiven and that if you receive all that God has for you, all of his love, if you just let him lavish his love on his people, that they will become lawless, they will go out and they will sin and make destruction. But let me tell you this, I have not met one person in my life that receives the full, unmerited, undeserved favor of God. And they have come to me and say, because I receive this love, I now want to go out and sin. No, people that receive this love, this unconditional, unearned, undeserved grace, that says, I love you no matter what, come to me and rest in my love. That produces a love within us. It produces the characteristics of love that we can reflect to others and actually be shown saved to the world. So I pray that this goes deep down in your heart, that the love of God transforms us from the inside out when we produce the fruits of the Spirit. Guys, I love you so much. Thanks for listening to the podcast right in his sight. I'll see you guys soon. Love you.